All right. Well, uh, not good morning. <laughs> not good morning. I don't know what time this is when you're listening to this, but uh, uh, good day. Uh, however, <laughs> whatever that means, whatever hour, I'm uh, uh, welcome to our podcast, our St. Matthew's podcast. Welcome to our uh, our members of our community and those who are outside of our community. I'm so glad that you've been able to join us here. Uh, in case you don't know us, I'm Pastor Dave. I'm Pastor Kelly. And uh, again, we're just so happy to have you and to be here today. And the topic that we are covering, it's just a minor topic. Uh, we're talking about the Trinity uh, today. Uh, Pastor Kelly preached. I was on vacation this last week, so uh, Pastor Kelly preached, and it was Trinity Sunday, uh, Sunday that is uh, traditionally dedicated to the Trinity, and he covered it and and did it well. So let's uh, <laughs> let's get into this. And before we do, let's uh, shed some light on, this, <laughs> on the topic here. Love it. Uh, so uh, Kelly, tell us uh, what's important about the Trinity. <laughs> what's what's the big deal? So uh, hopefully you're as confused after this podcast as I still am. Uh, so the sermon I, I called it clear as mud. Um, because I grew up with a grandfather who would say that all the time whenever he was trying to say things in code. And whenever we talk about the Trinity, I always feel like uh, I get part of the picture or part of the understanding and then nothing else. And and none of it's just a mystery outside of all that. And uh, and so my grandfather was always like warm and jovial. And it was a it was a a way to be um, in the moment and acknowledge my lack of understanding or my uncomfortableness and like not knowing something, mm -hmm. but it also helped me approach those topics or those things from a perspective of, um, not fear, but just acceptance. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, when we talk about the Trinity, um, you know, Sunday, I can't read from it now. I should know this. Uh, I read from literally the United uh, Methodist Church book of discipline, uh, because I was like, I'm not defining this. I'm not going to get up here and get trouble. Uh, the running joke is the longer a pastor tries to define the Trinity, the more likely they are guilty of committing a heresy at some point. Like it's, you're just going to step in it somewhere. Um, and so essentially uh, to, to just say this is, you know, God exists in three persons. So we have God, the parent, we have God, the son and Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit, right? God, the Holy Spirit. And so they're all co-equal in power um, and there's no hierarchy. So it's not God up here, the parent up here, and then Jesus, the Son, somewhere here, and then the Holy Spirit, and this is kind of what I said Sunday, uh, ooh, like somewhere around. And so it's Jesus, uh, when Jesus submits to the will of God, it's kind of like Jesus is also submitting to Jesus' self. It's this weird thing that you've got to like kind of deal with. Um, but God isn't like supreme power in charge, uh, telling everybody what to do. And then the Holy Spirit and Jesus are lesser. They're all co-equal in power. So if that makes sense to you, great. We'll see you here next week, and then you can do this and teach everything, because I still like... So if they're co-equal, which one is God? <laughs> all three. <laughs> uh, and so, and so uh, as you can tell, like it's not that I'm uncomfortable with the topic. I think in my own faith journey where I've kind of reached is this place in life where there are things that I can understand in theory-ish, and then they're just completely surrounded by mystery or like, that's the level I'll understand it. And everything past that, cool. Like, not going to, nope, clear as mud. Um, and the Trinity is is a place for me where I understand that concept, 
all God, all co-equal in power, uh, just three distinct persons, right? Mm -hmm. And I end it there. And I'm good. And I'm like, okay. Uh, uh, um, so... So if it's impossible to understand, <laughs> but it's foundational in its importance, mm -hmm. how do you how do you kind of weigh that that kind of disconnect there? If it's if it's foundational, if mm -hmm. it's so important that we understand it, but yet we can't understand it, mm -hmm. how do we deal with that? Hey, great question, Dave. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so I do this thing with my son all the time, where he'll like come up with some dynamite question, and I'll be like, "Man, that's a great question." And he's like looking at me. They're like, I don't know. What do you think, bud? And he's like, dad, uh, everywhere I've done ministry, by the way, every church I've ever worked in, whether it was as a pastor or, you know, worker or volunteer, uh, I became known as the guy who would say that and it would just annoy people. Um, so I think, I think there's, uh, for me, at least the way I answer that question, Dave is, uh, from a, from a contextual place. So I think, uh, I, I did say this Sunday too. So we're all formed people. We all have narratives and cultures and dynamics and systems we come from where we've inherited thought, we've inherited things. And I don't mean that as in like the best thing ever and that we're correct and right on everything or that like we've learned terrible things and everything we know is bad. I, neither of those are those extremes. Um, but for me, the answer to the question of the Trinity is a lot for me is like, okay, in the context in these verses, we're even talking about it. What's happening here? What are we talking about? And what capacity is Jesus even trying to make this understood? And and then how do we interact with it from there? And so uh, for me, it's literally, it ends there, is if I believe that uh, the Trinity are all, they're three distinct persons and they're co-equal in power and they're all God, then... Uh, it prevents me from doing things like making Jesus lesser and making the Holy Spirit lesser. Uh, so, so Jesus isn't lesser, the Holy Spirit isn't lesser, and God isn't just in charge. So if I, if I can't do that, and they're all co-equal in power, then uh, it keeps me from doing really, uh, I think, what I would consider bad theological things. So, uh, for example... Uh, we're going to step in it right away, Dave. Thanks. <laughs> Kelly, you're rambling. Yes, because I'm uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> so, for example, we say things like, God sends Jesus. So, where there's a theological problem there for me is if Jesus, it's John 14, right, where Jesus says, um, I lay my life down freely. No one can take it from me. Well, which one is it? Does God send Jesus? So if, if I send my son somewhere, does he really get a choice? No, because I'm bigger than him and stronger than him and I'm his parent and I can make him. Uh, just kidding. I don't because he, he listens anyway. But so if Jesus doesn't get to choose, then it creates other theological issues for me. <coughs> um, and so, but if Jesus is co-authority, co-power then, oh, Jesus gets to choose to be here. And then Jesus gets to choose to lay Jesus's life down. Jesus doesn't have to. And so this is one of the places where I think, when we talk about why understanding concepts of the Trinity is foundational to our faith, is if we don't understand Jesus as being co-powerful, co-power, then Jesus is lesser, then Jesus doesn't really get a choice. 
And if Jesus doesn't get to choose to lay down Jesus's life for our sins, I think we can get into some really dangerous places of, oh, so did Jesus even want to? Anyway, I don't know. What do you okay. think about all that, man? Like you, you, you say something now. <laughs> oh, I've, yeah, you know, I've come from. Uh, I kind of come to the Trinity from the place of knowing, um, you know, the the some of the arguments that that the uh, Council of Nicaea struggled with when they developed the doctrine of the sure. Trinity. So it was made in like you know three hundred whatever, um, and the Council was struggling with the 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 first commandment have no other gods before me mm-hmm. and then they were struggling with but aren't we worshiping Jesus as God um, and before the Trinity you know it kind of existed so this was really a, a conflict and a barrier mm-hmm. for folks and so the in their struggle within the Council of Nicaea to understand um, how Jesus um, you know and and Jesus being God doesn't break the first commandment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that had been around since Moses. Right. Um, they they saw both um, teachings and said somehow these both have to be true. Um, and so they kind of just agreed to say to hold them as truth, even though they conflicted with one another mm-hmm. with each other. And so it was not a compromise, but a a way of claiming the truth of, of God being bigger than we can understand. Mm-hmm. And then uh, having just had the, uh, relatively soon, just having the uh, uh, Pentecostal, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was was made claim to be God, mm-hmm. uh, as well as a way to hold all of that together in in, in a way that made God bigger than you know, we can understand, yeah. which I think is always a safe place to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to assume that God is bigger than we can understand, God is working in ways that mm-hmm. we can't understand, God exists in ways that we can't understand, mm-hmm. um, just reinforces that God is bigger than us. Yeah. Uh, reinforces the idea that the fullness of God is more than we can comprehend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where I come down on on the Trinity and how I teach um, <clears throat> teach the, the the Trinity. It's not so much that it's a... You know, they they were sitting there and somebody doodled three equals one. Uh, <laughs> you know, said, oh, let's hold this up. It's mm-hmm. They were struggling with these different uh, uh, ideas and truths that are in Scripture mm-hmm. and trying to say, well, how do these truths make sense together? Mm-hmm. Uh, and saying, well, this is, you know, the Council of Nicaea, their job was to come up with a, a unified teaching because, you know, these these all these various things that you called heresy... Um, <laughs> I like how he pointed being, at me. We're being taught. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and you know, after this idea of the Trinity, the doctrine of the Trinity was kind of formalized, then they were saying anything that doesn't fit this uh, is a heresy, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, all of the stuff that comes out of that. And you make a great point, too, around the commandments, right? And so, you know, there's another commandment that later says, like, do not make a graven image of me or compare me to, like, I'm not a created being. Mm-hmm. And and. So, you know, we've all been through the sermon series around, we're going to talk about the Trinity, and somebody says, God's like, the Trinity's like water. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, heresy. Uh, but, like, but it, but it, it, and so you, and, and something we were saying before, uh, as we were prepping to have this conversation, you know, one of the things that's really interesting about the Trinitarian theology, right, is this is the only place in Scripture 
where all three are included in a in a sentence. So what is this? Tell them to share the verse. So so we did. Uh, I did Matthew. Uh, oh no, twenty eight. No, yeah yeah, it's the Great Commission. Um, in in uh, twenty eight sixteen through twenty, and Jesus, you know, distinctly names each person of the Trinity, and uh, so it's like okay, this is the only place. Now what is also true is in other parts of Scripture, each person of the Trinity is distinctly mentioned or distinctly named. You know, Jesus does allude to a helper or the Spirit to come. Uh, Jesus does also say God the parent, right? Like, and also Jesus, right? Like, and so there's these, but they're never like in a line together where Jesus makes the theological case of like all three persons exist in the Trinity, right? Like, uh, and even in the Old Testament, there's different mentions of a person of the Trinity, but they're never mentioned together <laughs> like this. Mm-hmm. And so do with that information what you will. Uh, but so it's it's a it's a when you talk about like unifying uh, good understanding, and I think part of the council now, I'm not nearly the smart. But I think part of the way of unifying that and giving people a common understanding of a starting point to start to reason through something, but starting from that foundational place leads you into much better theology or or relationship with God than if you're trying to like do it from a different place, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so you can run into problems. For example, part of the theology that they're combating when this council meets is that is Jesus's divinity, is Jesus divine? Mm-hmm. Because if Jesus isn't divine, hey, Christians, we run into problems. <laughs> and if, you know, and, and who's this spirit person that has all of the power and authority from God, but is, ooh, like, and is mysterious. Like, what what do we do with that? And so if, if you're, like, saying, well, Jesus wasn't really God, then we're, we're running into running into conflicts mm-hmm. that can create mm-hmm. other kind of theological problems. Now, I'm going to throw myself under the bus as we kind of transition to this next point. So, uh, full transparency. So Dave has known me for a while, and uh, using what we call gender-inclusive language is very important to me as a person, uh, as a pastor, as a believer. And yet, on Sunday, I kept referring to God as he. Now, if you refer to God as a he or that's how you understand, that's totally fine. I'm not like knocking on you or, or, or saying that. But I did want to make this distinction on the podcast because I had time to go back and rewatch me squirm and, you know, tap dance. Uh, but um, that I refer to God as not God the Father. I refer to God as God the Parent. And part of that for me is it supports my own belief around creation. I think God creates uh, all people. and you know, if women are created in the image of their creator, then God can't be male uh, uh, or just male, right? Like, so there's there's got to be uh, further representation there. And so I wanted to make that distinction now. Um, and and this is also part of the, where the Trinity, I think, is so important is God exists in community. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so when we're talking about gender or we're talking about community of people, right, and representation there, um, that's another mystery I think that's really difficult to comprehend mm-hmm. is like, wait, wait, wait. So when God says God existed, yeah, I am. 
So you existed in community always. Yeah. So let's let's tease that out. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so so we're saying that the Trinity, mm-hmm. God in three persons, represents within God's self a community. Mm-hmm. So God doesn't exist outside of community even mm-hmm. before creation was made. Yep. So just teasing that out there. Uh, so God is represented in a communal way, and that's part of the doctrine of the Trinity. Yep. Um, teaches us how to live in community mm-hmm. in some way or refers to us in God's image and through the communal image that we have right. matches in some way the communal image of God. Mm-hmm. Eloquently put. Okay, we'll see you next week. Uh, yeah, but but it is... You should just preach Sunday, man. Uh, we would have all gotten to Luby's just on time. But they're closed. They wouldn't have been. I just took too long. Uh, no, but but in that, right? Like, and, I, and I'm saying this, too, about the Trinity and, like, at least having these concepts. So I call them concepts because I don't... For me, faith is about is a journey, not a destination. And there's things that we can come to arrivals on, I think, and have really good understanding around. Or like a really good like take or perspective or well developed right understanding of something. The Trinity is kind of like here's a cliff. We understand the base concepts of the Trinity, and then the cliff. <laughs> and and that's not meant to terrify us or scare you or to to create other problems for you. It's just meant to go. You might get glimpses of things, but but as far as a um. I don't know how to put that other than you can only go so far before it starts to not make any sense. And there's just mystery. Well, around it, right? if you start to try to apply logic, yeah. if you try, you know, <laughs> if, if you write the equation three equals one and try to say in some way, you know, make that true, which mm-hmm. it's obviously not, then you get yeah. into this kind of word salad kind of, kind of weirdness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't want the Trinity to feel ominous or scary for folks because it is a foundational piece yeah. of our theology. I just want people to be okay with mystery. Which was another part yeah. of the sermon, yeah. which yeah. which for me was um so we're back to back to familial systems and narratives and cultures and things mm-hmm. we've inherited, right? So even like my understanding of the Trinity when I was a young tyke, right, and little and growing up, that was inherited theology. That wasn't my own, like, that's not where I'm at now. Uh, and I'm not saying people didn't do their best to try to teach me or to, to explain to me, but I had a very different understanding of the Trinity that like, when I say like, if you don't have these concepts kind of understood and submitted to, that's a better word for me to use, um, you can run into problems. I say that from personal experience because I thought for the longest time that Jesus died in spite of me because Jesus had to, because God's in charge. And then I was like, wait a second, but they're all equal. Wait, (laughs) I can't, how do I, how do I reconcile those things? And so, um, you know, as, as people, right. You know, whether this is earth shattering or, or theologically shattering to you, or you're like, well, duh, Kelly, I know that. Like, uh, the journey of this and understanding and 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 submitting to that, um, it's not meant to make the logical sense we're talking about in the in the in that type of way. I think it's a much more of like 
I don't understand how life was created. Don't understand how our brains work and that neurons fire like electricity in my body to make my Italian hands talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't understand how any of that stuff works. Um, but I don't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can still live my life and enjoy that and like think about it. Um, but when we start talking about the Trinity, once we start to input our own data into that, our own information, our own narratives into that, um, I, I think we can run into to mm-hmm. the problems we're talking about. And um, I'm not going to say who I was having this conversation with, but I think it's applicable to what we're talking about. So I was having a conversation with somebody recently about leadership and power dynamics and kind of how things are set up, right? And this is applicable to the sermon from Sunday, too. Uh, And uh, this person and I were talking about representation. We were talking about compromise and how um, multiple perspectives being represented before a decision is made on what we, we should do is a better way of doing it than me just telling everybody what to do. And they were like, well, they were like, what, what do you mean by that? Well, um, I'm just going to step in it for a sec. When I say God the parent, and I try to be very careful about this, is because I know so many women who think that God is male, so they A, can't relate to God, B, are not empowered or called by God, and they have no co-authority or, 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 or value into things that are for men to do, Right? And so this goes back to what I'm getting at on foundationally, if I don't make that distinction, it can lead us into places that I think are not gospel-oriented, right? Mm-hmm. And so this person was brilliant. I'm still not going to name who they were. Um, but I was like, oh, so again, I don't have to understand all of the inner workings of that concept. Mm-hmm. But going there and submitting to that can can help me get to places I think that are where God really wants me to be and how God wants me to understand those things. Very good. So, uh, man, I feel like I keep making the same point. Uh, it's such a difficult topic. Uh, uh, and, uh, and so let me ask you a question. And I, and I, and I, and I prompted you for this earlier, but, uh, uh, before the, but I avoided it, but, but let's, let's dive into it. Um, so in the scripture passage, Matthew 28, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus chooses this time <laughs> to, to name the Trinity. Yup. To, to name the three persons of the yep. Trinity in the process of sending the disciples to baptize the nations of the world. So w- what is it about <laughs> that moment that made it appropriate, do you think, for mm. for Jesus to name the, the Trinity and to send the disciples out in the name of the Trinity to baptize in the name, name of, of the, the Trinity. Trinity. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> y'all, I'm taking this as the answer I gave Dave before. He was like, that's insightful. I don't think that's what he means. I'm just squirming. No, no, no. You're wonderful. I love you. Um, so, so for me, I'm... Again, proverbial Pastor Kelly hat. This is what I think. This is this is my own take. Is um, contextually speaking, a lot of times, um, especially in concepts that like I have no like. This isn't a big deal. It's the only place in Scripture this is represented. 
they've had a rough couple of days slash weeks. You know, Jesus's death and resurrection. Judas is dead. Peter like went on his like, what was me tour. They're probably being hunted by the religious leaders. Nobody's okay. They're all super anxious. It's highly contentious. Their whole world has been turned upside down multiple times. They saw Jesus before Jesus commissioned them to go to this mountain. And earlier in these verses, they show up and they worship Jesus because they see him, but they also doubt. And so there's a lot of stuff happening here. Um, and we would all, I think, well, not all, I, I think it's fair to say that when we talk about people following Jesus and these specific, this specific group of people following Jesus, there is no worldly credentials or system that you would measure them against and go, y'all have totally done this well, and you are, you are now validated in your expertise of this topic and the subject, and you are now ready to go do all the things. If anything, it's like get new people to do this who are, you know, right? And so uh, what I highlight here, what I think is critically important is when... Like I, I described what's going on. I've described kind of when is going on and and what Jesus is commissioning to them and what Jesus is telling them. And so uh, Jesus doesn't send any of them alone, right? I think that's that's probably the core the first core thing I want to mention. So if God exists in three persons in one and God has always existed in community, God has created everything from community. God has always interacted with creation from a perspective of community and all of the created things um, have the quote-unquote DNA of community imprinted on their createdness to interact with one another. I think Jesus affirming communal state of being is a core part of not just what they're commissioned to go do, but it's a core part of who they are, that they are to be connected, that they are to live in community in, with one another. Um, that's one. Two is they're not being sent on their own authority. And so they don't send themselves. Now, right. our current culture confuses this a lot where we go, you're a terrible trash person and you're doing it all wrong. And so I'm here to save you. That's not what they're doing. <laughs> uh, but it's not that they woke up one day and were like, we are so worthy and valued. And like, mm -hmm. like we are the supreme cream of the crop. We could totally go do this. Jesus is like, no, that's not it. I sent you. So when you go and they're asking you why you're here and who brought you here, you testify to the gospel and the truth of the creator and the Trinitarian state, and you baptize them from that perspective in those types of communities. Mm -hmm. And so you live that out. And mm -hmm. then I would say three, um, I think it's not, it's not that it's a jab, <laughs> but I think it's also an encouragement to them of like, you're not going to understand all of it. So it's like <laughs> they're loved and valued and they matter and they exist in community together. They're totally underqualified yet God is sending them because God wants to use mm -hmm. them. And it's like, I love you go. And then three, it's like, you're not going to get it all. And that's okay. And like, that's how this is because I am God and you are not. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's this important thing that happens with them where like, this is not, um, in my opinion, at least if you, again, very, uneducated, assuming some things here. When I look at human history and our species, 
I do not see a lot of correlation around value of persons of women and men and people all like having co-equal co-value. And so here's this moment where Jesus is representing this and saying, you don't have to understand how all that works, but you need to know that that is true and it's real. And so I think those are some of the things, and I'm sure there's many more, and maybe those aren't the right takes, but I think that's all happening in this moment. Um, So you're saying that they are sent by, empowered by, the fullness of God that is beyond our comprehension. Yes. And last point I need to make, as I think this is also really important. So I I said before that scriptures throughout the entirety of scripture, uh, you know, the different persons of the Trinity are named and Mm -hmm. represented, right? But for a long time, there has been these processes and procedures placed upon where God exists in one place, and there's all of these things a person has to go through in order to interact and not quote unquote die. And God isn't to be interacted with by everyone. That God isn't in all places at all times with all people. And so part of this moment that Jesus is sharing with them, I think, is also the affirmation that Jesus had been saying the whole time of like, no, 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 I'm with you. We are with you. Which is like a really weird Jesus is like standing there and it's like, we are with you. And I'm like, can I get a visual aid, please? <laughs> like, um, but I think there's this other mm-hmm. thing that's happening here that is just, you know, that we talk about moments in human history that like change the course of our species. And this is one of those moments where Jesus is like, see, I'm not relegated to a place. I'm not even relegated to where you think I ought to be or where I am. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. We are with you always. And that's a, that's a, I want to say terrifying responsibility, but that is like a, that's like a earth shattering narrative redefining type of thing where it's like, wait a second. So Jesus is like, I'll destroy the temple and then raises again. And so Jesus comes back to them. And as he's commissioning them out, it's like, we are with you always, all of you. And we know that it's not just the 11 there. It's all the people that were following Jesus or or whoever was there. Um, And so for me, like that's, that's a really important distinction that's Mm -hmm. being made here Mm -hmm. too. So exactly like you said, mm-hmm. it's, um, and I get really excited about that because it, it, it not only validates my own life and what I get to be a part of and what I get to encounter, even with my lack of understanding on so many things, but that also means that everybody else gets to participate too. Um, I did say this Sunday and I want to make a mention of it here. Uh, please don't take offense to this. This is always what people say. And then they say something super offensive. If I had a nickel for every time I heard someone say, I got to get back to God, be a rich man, it drives me nuts. And again, this is part of why we talk about the Trinity. We talk about God's sentness, our sentness, and our connectedness to God at all times in all places is because that's not true. You know, Jesus sends them to quote unquote, the ends of the earth. And people are like, well, what are we supposed to teach them? Love, dang it, like love. Like that's that's the core of this. Um, uh, but I, yeah, I, that's a fantastic question, Dave. And mm-hmm. my that's my take. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think you did that well. Um, so the the Trinity is our effort 
to wrap our minds around God. It's an imperfect kind of view. It's an imperfect exercise to know, uh, to try to even put God in a box. Um, so by leaving it a mystery, uh, we leave God whole mm, and recognize really and recognize that that it's just beyond our comprehension, and that's okay because we know love, and we know love because of Jesus. And we know love because the Holy Spirit empowers us to move in that way. And we know love because the, we were created in love. Um, and so love being and grace being um, kind of where this discussion ends, I think, is where where Christ would want it to end. Um, and focusing us on all of who God is um, and focusing us on the grace that surrounds mm. us and created us. Yeah. Yeah. My, my, my final thought on all that would be is, um, you know, what an incredible God that makes incredible creations that have so much value and worth to God, that God would reveal that part of God's self mm-hmm. to us mm-hmm. and go, I love you here. Know this. Mm-hmm. And that's the only requirement on our end is that we leave it a mystery so God stays whole to mm-hmm. us. Because it's like, no, nah, you're God, I'm me. And that's that's exactly how it's supposed to be. Yeah. There's no more required there. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I don't know about y'all, but for me, like, often I feel this immense pressure to know more or to, like, understand it better. And God's like, nah, here you go. I want you to know. This is all you need. It's all you need. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you, and I love you, and I love them too, and get busy loving. Uh, and I'm like, all right, uh, let's do it. Um, let's do it. It's awesome. All right. Thanks, well, Dave. That, well, that sounds like a good place to end. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll leave it at that. I'm Pastor Dave. Pastor Kelly. And we'll see you next time. Pull the lever. <laughs>